Welcome to the very first episode of the Nobody Is Listening podcast. My name is Jason Benicky Critchlow, and I will be your host. Uh, since this is the first episode, I figure I should give you a little background on what I hope this podcast to be and where I see it going, and why I think you should share it with all your friends, neighbors, coworkers, etc., etc., etc. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Uh, it'll definitely be on iTunes. It will be on the Podbean uh, podcast app. I'll post it on my Twitter, which is J-A-S-O-N-B-A-N-I-C-K-I. Feel free to follow me. Get the newest episodes as soon as they come out. If uh, I keep, if at some point I'll build a Facebook page for this, that'll take a little bit of time, uh, just because I want to do this step by step by step. Uh, you know, get a few episodes together, get it out get enough to get it on Spotify and things like that and, and build the audience. And then I'll be able to, uh, then I'll add, you know, more means of uh, communication. But for right now, I think Twitter will be good enough. Uh, but anyways, this isn't my first foray into po- podcasting. Uh, but this one's going to be a little different than, than the others. Uh, first off, you can tell by the name, don't worry, nobody's listening. I'm just going to do this for me, and if anybody enjoys it, great. If anybody nobody listens, who cares? This is my way to talk about whatever I want and put it out there for whoever wants to listen to listen, and whoever doesn't. If nobody cares, nobody cares. No, no sweat off my back, uh, but it's something I enjoy doing and something that, you know, from time to time, maybe we'll have guests, uh, usually be my friends if it is anybody. Uh, but for now, we're going to start with the first few episodes for sure. For being solo episodes, my goal is always to record one every Monday night, have it ready for release on Tuesday, uh, and then what, what What am I going to talk about? Pretty much whatever I feel like. I don't want to be limited by a genre. I have to pick one uh, for podcast purposes, so I put it under sports and entertainment. I didn't really know what else to do. I know I will talk sports at points. I know I will talk about politics at points. I know I will talk news, and I will talk pop culture although it may not be current pop culture. Uh, so th- those are kind of the, the four main areas I want to talk about. I think that covers like 98% of life, if not, you know, most of it by the time you give the catch-all of news. Uh, but, you know, so like I said, I don't want to be confined. I want this to be my thing. I want to be able to do it my way. Uh, so this first episode, I'm going to talk about uh, for sure... Uh, absolutely about uh, the first season of The O.C. Uh, it's one of my favorite TV shows of that era, of that genre, of that teeny drama era. And, and kind of why I'm going to pick the first season is, A, I'm kind of rewatching it again. And as I, as I was rewatching it, because uh, I just subscribed to Hulu, I got rid of Netflix. Netflix going up to $15 a month. I was like, get out of here. I can get Hulu for the year for like five ninety nine. Watch a couple commercials. And be good to go. So I was like, great, this works for me. Uh, and so in that, you know, there's some new old TV shows I haven't watched in a while. Uh, some I wanted to catch up on. And, and uh, the OC was one I haven't watched in a while. I was like, heck, this was good. I'll, I'll watch this for a little bit. And then I caught myself watching it and watching it and watching it. And I'm like, there's a few really important things in this, this uh, show that really separate it from kind of the other teeny dramas that came before it. 
and that kind of set the trend for things that the other teen dramas had to follow after the words. So obviously if I'm going to talk about once that came before, you're talking Beverly Hills, 90210 is kind of the most preeminent one. Uh, and that focused pretty much exclusively on, on the kids, uh, you know, with a little bit of difference being that there was a little bit of parent stuff that went on in there, but it was never the focus of the show. It never took up, you know, a lot of the show and it, Anything that was going on with the parents in the show always related back to how it impacted the kids. So the focus was always on the teenagers and, and their lives. Uh, the OC, on the other hand, and, and I'm going to kind of go through uh, each episode of the first season just to prove how hard in the paint this first show went. Like it went in his prime, you know, real young, probably Orlando Magic, Shaquille O'Neal, hard in the paint. Like that's how hard the first season went. It had so many storylines, so many different characters, so many twists, so many turns, so so much going on that like it almost crammed two seasons worth of storylines into one, and that's probably why the show died off sooner, why the ratings faded because you just can't you can't start that hard and then keep building from that like most other shows do. Uh, so it kind of had this this problem uh, of doing so much in season one that it didn't leave a lot. To, to, of room to grow going forward. And, and it really kind of affected the trajectory of the show. I mean, it had a good season too. I'm halfway into that right about now. So hopefully in a future episode, I'll have that. And then a, a review of season three and a review of season four, kind of through a 20 years later perspective, almost. I, I think the show came out um, somewhere around 2002, 2003. August 5th, 2003 was the first episode air date. Having to have the episode list pulled up on, uh, Wikipedia for me real quick, just so as I break off into the episode-by-episode episode breakdown, I have a, a, a list to jog my memory a little bit. Um, but then, you know, like I said, the OC really focused in, and, and again, it'll be covered in my uh, almost episode-by-episode episode review as I go through here. And I'm not going to give like a, a one-star or a one-ice-cream truck or five-ice-cream truck review shout-outs to uh, the Full Charge Power Hour uh, and their movie reviewer, quote end quote Eric Allen Wendell. Um, but uh, I'm not going to use that kind of system. By the way, if you're ever looking for a really funny podcast, some really kind of sarcastic takes and, and a really interesting uh, setup, check out the Full Charge Power Hour hosted by Matt, the Full Charge, Full Charon, a.k.a. your baby daddy, a.k.a. the concierge. Uh, but back to what I was talking about. So don't expect like that kind of thing. I'm just going to kind of give you a quick synopsis of, of what happened in the episode, kind of where it's progressed us in the storyline and, and kind of just throw this all out there for you. And then hopefully it'll, it'll make you want to either go back and rewatch it and realize, damn, that show did really go hard in the paint. I didn't realize it went that hard that fast or get you to watch it for the first time. Uh, because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who never watched it. Uh, there aren't many people who, uh, get into that teeny drama stuff. Never really sure how I got into it. And I, but I kind of watched three, I guess so I can't really say I got into it. And there's three of them. I watched I watched nine Oh two and Oh, cause I was basically that age as that show came out. Uh, OC cause it was just a little after I was, you know, in my early twenties. Then somehow I got caught up in gossip. I don't, 
don't know if it was just the right combination of actors and actresses or or what drew me to that one. And that's going to be the third one I go to because, like, if you want to see how the genre of teeny drama drama changed, go watch Gossip Girl. You'll see how it basically takes a, a ton of the elements from from the OC, where you have you know the poor outsider come you know in this world of affluence where they don't really fit in focuses really on the parents there's a lot of a lot of a lot of storylines going on in a relatively short period of time so it's really hard for me to say you know look at anything and say obviously the oc changed the game for td dramas even if it didn't last all that long i mean again it was only four seasons so it's not like it's one of those longest running tv shows in the history or anything like that uh but you know, for those of you who haven't watched it, obviously the the kind of the main crux of the show focuses on Ryan Atwood, who is this kid from Chino, California. Uh, grows up in a very poor family, alcoholic mother, father's in prison. Uh, brother, he's out one night stealing a car with his brother. This is the very first episode, by the way. Uh, and brother gets you know basically steals it right in front of a cop because the cop's right up the road. You know. One of those fake TV things where, oh my God, how, how, how was the cop just happened to be right there? And he was who ever needed a cop in real life. No, it's like 99.9999% of the time. There's never a cop there when you need them. They're definitely not there for a stolen car. Um, but anyways, you know, cop, cop apparently sees him break the window, hears him break the window, chases him right down, catches him. He's in the passenger seat. His brother was driving, but he still gets taken to Juvie Hall. And then, uh, Sandy Cohen is, uh, public defender who's married to a wealthy real estate developer uh is his public defender and uh helps get him you know released on bond takes him to his goes to take him home uh mom kicks him out of the house uh but before he let him out of the car you know sandy gives uh ryan his business card just in case uh, so Ryan gives him a call. He's like, hey, my mom kicked me out. I don't have nowhere to go. So he brings him over to their house for the weekend just till you can get him into, uh, you know, uh, child, child services um, where he meets Seth Cohen, who will be a sidekick throughout the series, basically. Although as as we go through, I'll, I'll paint after all four seasons, but I think the uh, Seth Cohen character was much more should have been much more of the focus. Uh, but but it, at least in, in the early parts, he's clearly the sidekick, and 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 it was written as if he was the sidekick in this story. So now he's you know staying the weekend in this pool house at this rich family's house. Long story short, you know, the after basically after the weekend, Ryan's either threatening to run away, or you know, or he just doesn't want to go to family services, so. Sandy then tries to take him back to his mom's house. Well, lo and behold, his mom has packed up and moved out and left no forwarding address over the weekend. Oh, that's right. They weren't threatening to take him to family services. They were going to let him stay for the weekend. They were going to take him back home after his mom had had some time to cool off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he goes to take him back. Mom moves. You're going you're gonna to find me doing a lot of that where I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot. Oh, yeah, et cetera. So it's just one of those things I'm going to do. It's always going to be something I do. Uh, but before – now, see, now i got to back up a little bit because there's going to be nothing linear about this. You're going to find my brain is very scattered, and I work in a very, very scattered method of storytelling. This is why I could never be a script writer because it would be like page 36 should be page 2. Like it, it's amazing to me that I was a, a, ever able to write like 
high quality college grade papers, you know, put together term papers and thesis papers, etc. You know, all all these things that somehow my scattered brain is able to do. But when I'm thinking, not writing, it's a mess. Um, so while he's staying with the Coens before he's allowed into the house, uh, you know, Sandy's got to convince Kirsten to let Ryan stay for the weekend, just for the weekend again, mind you, because his you know mom will cool off and then let him move back in. It's down at the end of the driveway, uh, smoking a cigarette, and the overly attractive for high school uh, Misha Barton, or in this case, Marissa Cooper, comes down and he meets her while she's waiting to be picked up by her boyfriend. And then they develop a a quick friendship throughout that first season. I'm kind of going to leave that a, um, leave that pin in that relationship for a minute as I keep kind of pushing through. Cause I don't want to get bogged down in too many details, uh, too early. I I, want to focus on over overlying story and not like the minutia of relationship development and character development through the story. Cause I'll tie it all together again, kind of as the season progresses and then at the end of the season. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, you know, they decide to let Ryan stay the weekend, except that, uh, you know, uh, they've got one of these wonderful Orange County high brow high events to go to. So they go some some sort of charity fashion show or or something of, of that ilk. And he goes and helps set up and he's talking with Marissa, the neighbor, while her boyfriend gets jealous Causes a little little scene, but nothing big there. Uh, but anyways, then they do the charity event. The uh, Summer Roberts, who we're introduced to, uh, gets invited or sees Ryan and thinks he's attractive. So he invites them to come out to Holly's Beach House after the fundraiser, you know, for all their hard work. Uh, so Ryan and Seth go out there. Well, needless to say, you know, Ryan is from Chino. Seth is just the quintessential nerdy outsider high school kid. He's, you know, plays down to the stereotype of video games and comic books. Uh, they, they didn't stretch themselves hard to write that character with emo music, et cetera, et cetera. So they get into a fight with Luke and, and the water polo team, which will kind of be a reemerging theme for a little bit and then very quickly disappears. So, you know, it was kind of funny how many things like that would pop up and then just completely excuse me, disappear off the face of the map. Uh, but we kind of get to the uh, end of the first episode. And, uh, you know, so we, you know, Ryan still has no place to go. They kind of leave it in the air. And, of course, what, what happens is, you know, Kirsten wants him to go with family services since his mom has now completely bailed. And we go to episode two where his plan is to, instead of go to family services, raise some money, get a bus ticket, go to uh, Arizona with to meet up with one of his mom's ex-boyfriends and go work construction. Mind you now, the kid's supposed to be 16. So we're supposed to buy that a 16-year-old's putting all this together, has no, you know, wants to find a job. Uh, but the in the morning now, the very next morning, he's supposed to be, go to family services with, with, with uh Sandy and get turned over. Well, you know, Marissa's already kind of a growing attached to Ryan, but has a boyfriend. Seth obviously doesn't want his only friend in, in Newport, California to leave. So they put him 
in one of Kirsten's model homes. Again, like I said, she's a wealthy real estate developer, so she builds some model homes to sell her McMansions. Well, then, you know, Marissa's supposed to go to a party, and, and, and there's a lot of back and forth with Marissa and Seth and Ryan. Uh, police are obviously looking for for uh, Ryan because he's now a runaway, uh, and nobody knows where he's at. Well, you know, they keep bringing him food, et cetera, et cetera. In the meantime, you know, suddenly now construction's getting ready to kick right back up on the model home. Lo and behold, but somehow nobody noticed was Ryan living in an upstairs when they're in the downstairs. But this is kind of the first hint we get also of uh, Jimmy Cooper, Rissa Cooper's dad's financial problems because she has to have a uh, has a meeting with uh, Kirsten there about borrowing it. This money will become an, an important part in this store in this show. Uh, but again, this is kind of this adult more focus on the adults because we get this whole scene about Jimmy Cooper's financial problems and his pseudo relationship with Kirsten Cohen. Uh, it dates back years. They went to prom together, but not going to get buried into that either. But anyways, again, they're there. They don't notice. Uh, well, anyways, Marissa goes to this party, then leaves very early. Luke being suspicious because she's been spending a lot of time away from him. And she knows there's this, and he knows this, this new kid who she's been spending some time with. So she follows her. She leave, you know, Ryan basically tells her to get out, go away. I'm leaving in the morning for Arizona. Don't bother me. Well, then Luke and th- two of his water polo buddies come in. They beat the crap out of Ryan, start the model house on fire. And, and the two water polo guys are just going to leave them there to die as if that would have been a smart solution. But, you know, high schoolers are dumb and TV show high schoolers are even dumber. Luke helps him out. And then, you know, Luke and Ryan both get arrested. Uh, and that kind of is the genesis of, of the second season, the second episode. Uh, in the third episode, uh, we get... You know, Sandy getting Ryan out of jail again. Uh, actually, I take that back. It wasn't Sandy this time. It was Kirsten getting him out of jail, juvenile hall this time. Not jail, juvenile hall. We're still talking 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds. So, you know, s- somewhere in there. They don't really ever identify their age. But I guess first season, sophomore year. Second season's junior, third year. This is 16, 17, 18. We'll, we'll, we'll just operate off that premise. But anyways, you know, Kirsten sees him getting into a whole bunch of trouble at Juvenile Hall because of nothing he did. So she decides to bring him home. And, and then that's kind of where this discussion, you know, Sandy finds out about the $100,000 loan because the feds come to see him about about Jimmy Cooper's problems. So already starting off with, with some serious, you know, serious financial problems for the neighbors. The SEC is investigating. Jimmy Cooper's an investment baker. Again, I'll get to this kind of where this storyline Hits its crescendo in episode four, and then boils over into five and six. Uh, but but four is where it hits its head. But anyways, you know they get to have this discussion about uh, you know Ryan. They they find his mom. You know Kirsten brings him home. They're working to find his mom because that, that it's you know kind of the early start to this is oh well we want to find him his home. Want to find him his home. And then, you know, they fight Dawn over for casino night. She kicked out her boy, her abusive boyfriend that Ryan didn't like. She's going to AA meetings. She's clean. Oops. She gets on a, a little bit of a heater at a casino night, starts drinking, goes off the rails, uh, just becomes an embarrassing scene for Ryan. Uh, she disappears, leaving him there with her. And then at this point, Sandy and Kirsten have to decide what to do. Kirsten's pushing to have him 
go through DFS again, you know, he's got a family, it's not our place, et cetera, et cetera. Then, then you know, it comes up the, uh, you know, brings up the, the, Sandy brings up the loan that, that she made without consulting him and is like, look, we can't keep yo-yoing this kid around. We need to, to make him a more permanent uh, part you know, of our family. Uh, he needs needs a stable place. So they, they give decide to let him stay. Episode four, of course, we're talking high society people. So, of course, they have to have a cotillion ball. Uh, you know, can't can't have high society without one, apparently, particularly in TV. I mean, I don't know if these things are real or not. If anybody knows if there's actually some place where cotillion balls exist, uh, tweet at me. I'd I'd love to know. I'd love to see pictures. I'd love to to hear some experiences about this because I can't imagine these things are actually real, or at least as obnoxiously real as they make them seem in, in real life. Uh, also, in this episode, we're kind of introduced to Anna Stern from Pittsburgh, who will play a kind of an important piece in in a Seth storyline going forward, uh, and. She actually kind of notices that Seth likes Summer Roberts, uh, but doesn't seem to have the confidence to talk to her, ask her out, or have a backbone when it comes to her. Uh, and then, of course, again, we get the Luke, uh, Marissa, Ryan uh, trying triangle thing going on. I hate to call, call these things love triangles because there's not... I mean, they're designed by the writers to be that way, but they're not really given that you know we're talking high school kids and yeah 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 don't want to get into all of that but again we'll call them love triangles for the sake of of the purpose of the story so you know luke's getting really frustrated he gets real mad at marissa marissa doesn't want to go to cotillion ryan doesn't want to go because he's afraid he'll cause a scene between marissa and luke because there's this ongoing bad blood uh, and it'll be funny towards the end of the season when when we get to some other storylines that, that kind of change this bad blood. Uh, we'll call that a little foreshadowing, which I've done a ton of already. Um, and then, like I said, I'll try and put a bow on this first season altogether at the end. Because it's kind of a weird season because they did a, a like a seven or eight episode run. And then they had to pause for the playoffs. So they kind of did the first run as, as the summer before school started. And then kind of the second part of the first season, which is like 27, 28 episodes, which is abnormal for a TV show in this day and age, 22, 23 is the normal for hour long shows like this. A lot of times 12 or 13 even became normal. Uh, so, so it was a little different in that aspect as well. Uh, but you know, the second half of the first season, or I wouldn't call it half, but obviously the second part was obviously just the first year of school. Um, but anyways, so at the you know Sandy doesn't want to go to Cotillion because he's now gotten deeper and deeper into this Jimmy Cooper stuff, and he knows that a lot of the people are starting to realize that Jimmy Cooper has stolen their money. He's committed securities fraud, and that's why they made the loan. And now he's you know kind of trapped between trying to help Jimmy Cooper out, trying to help his wife out, and trying to do the right thing because you'll find Seth or uh, Sandy Cohen is kind of this do-gooder character throughout the show. He always wants to do what's right, always trying to do what's best, but he always works to protect his family first and his friends. And so he kind of ends up in this odd position with Jimmy Cooper where he knows he's stealing and he sees Jimmy Cooper being treated like the golden boy when he knows really he's just as scummy and bad as everybody else. And of course, in the same episode of the cotillion, you kind of get to see how Julie Cooper, Jimmy Cooper's wife plays a huge role in the, uh, money problems by needing money for for uh 
the horse uh, for the second daughter's horse. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, so that'll escape me for now because she doesn't play a big role in the first season. Then she goes off to, to boarding school for a few years and then she's kind of back towards the season three and season four. But, but again, we'll just say, you know, need money for her horse, they need money for this, that, you know, you could see where, where just when the market was bad, where he, you know, we're talking 2003 stock market wasn't great then. Uh, we were just starting a second, you know, second war at that point in Iraq and, and the economy was a little slow. Uh, so that was actually a little true to life, but, uh, you know, kind of at the end of the episode, then, uh, Marissa and, uh, Ryan decide to go to Cotillion. Uh, Sandy goes to take them. Then one of the girl's daughter, Holly, who, uh, her dad realizes that Jimmy has lost all his money and stolen it, uh, gets into a fight with him at the Cotillion, which kind of just brings to a screeching halt this big event. Um, so I feel like I'm flying through some, some high points in this episode. Uh, but Ryan ends up being Marissa's escort at the cotillion. Summer Roberts has no escort because she bails on Seth, who was supposed to be her white knight. They weren't you know, paired up as a couple, but he was supposed to be her white knight. But then Anna needs, who was supposed to be escorted by Ryan, but Ryan bails. So she was being escorted by Seth. Well, that's when Seth and Anna start becoming fast friends and they, you know, they start talking about summer and then some Anna tells Seth, you got to have confidence. You have to be willing to say no. So that's why Seth leaves summer hanging for the cotillion and stays as Anna's escort for her coming out. Um, but basically that's, that's episode five episode or uh, sorry, episode four, we're going to fly into episode five. Ryan gets a job at the local Crab Shack. I don't know what it's actually called, but I'm going to steal Crab Shack from My Name is Earl because I can't remember the name of the stupid restaurant. And he meets a teen, you know, meets a, a guy, Donnie, who works there, who happens to be from like one town over from where he grew up in Corona. Well, Ryan and, and Donnie are hanging out. Seth gets jealous. He wants to hang out with Donnie. Well, then Ryan starts hanging out with uh, Marissa some. And then Seth is trying to hang out with Donnie, uh, gets the uh, Range Rover trashed one one time. Their, their parents' Range Rovers trashed one time. They go out. Uh, another time he takes Donnie up to a uh, party at Holly's Beach House uh, where somehow uh, Donnie has a gun. Ryan tries to wrestle it away with, from him. So it hits the ground. It shoots Luke in the shoulder. Uh you know, that's kind of episode five. In episode five, we also have, again, some of this adult focusing where Julie Cooper tells Jimmy Cooper that she wants a divorce. She can't believe that he would, you know, lie to her and steal and violate her trust. And plus, if they stay married, he has to file bankruptcy and they have to sell the house so he, he can pay back his clients and stay out of jail. Sandy negotiated a plea deal for him. Well, she can't handle the concept of losing her status. Because uh, she's from Riverside, California, trailer trash, essentially, that made it good. So she doesn't want to give that up. Uh, and then we skip into, so that's kind of episode five. Episode six, uh, Caleb, which is Nickel, which is Kirsten Cohen's dad. We, we make his acquaintance with his 24-year-old girlfriend, Gabriella. So now in this kind of ongoing uh Love Triangle, Marissa and Luke are taking a break. She's not able to, she's kind of in this in-between between between Luke and Ryan, Luke and Ryan, not sure who I want to be with. Uh, 
and then she she was coming over to tell Luke that she, or or tell Ryan that she was going to choose him, but Ryan was making out with Gabrielle, Gabrielle in the in the pool house where he stays. Uh, there's apparently uh, that's right. There was a party for uh, Caleb for some shit or another he was a terrible human being in the show and yet they're always throwing parties to honor him for this that or the other and uh summer was there had a bunch of fancy bankers she wanted to meet and, and then she some reason kisses seth uh kind of like a pity kiss but she starts to think she might have feelings for him uh but that's kind of where that episode leaves us but then she goes back to introducing herself to the bankers uh so that kind of was episode six episode seven uh is when they're supposed to be going to Tijuana. And of course, everybody's not going to go at first. Uh, Seth usually goes to Comic-Con that time of year, which he uses as an excuse to go to Comic-Con or to Tijuana. And he ends up driving down summer and Marissa and Ryan tags along to be the constant sharp guardian. Um, and why they're, you know, on the way down, the car breaks down. They have to stay in this ratty-ass hotel. Then they get, before they get to Tijuana, Jimmy calls Marissa and says, Hey, look, we're getting divorced. And me and your mom are getting divorced, and I'm moving out. I'll be gone when you get back. Uh, then you have, so they then pause, go to the adult side of things. Uh Sandy Cohen, who's worked at the public defender's office in Orange County, California for 15 years, is now being wooed by a major law firm. Um, and he's actually considering taking the job, which makes Kirsten upset. And he, of course, accuses her of being upset because she likes making the money and being able to hold it over him. And, he does, you know, his, his do-gooder offsets her, the fact that she works for her her shiftless dad and, and comes into a big fight again. More of this focus on adults. Uh, and he does end up taking the job. In the meantime, while she's doing that, she's also helping Jimmy move into his new apartment, helping him paint. While this, so while Kirsten, who's Sandy's husband, is trying to is helping Jimmy move in her ex boyfriend, who went to prom with, and painting. She ends up he ends up kissing her while she's in there, and then doesn't tell Sandy. Well, now cut back to the kids. They get to Tijuana. They go to to one of the bars. Um, Marissa, who. Who is uh, a bit of a drinker? If you you watch these early episodes, one of the first ones, you know, her friends dump her, just pass out in her front yard, and Ryan has to help her in. In this episode, they're all out drinking. Uh, she sees uh, Luke uh, making out with Holly and dancing on her, and then Holly's just basically like, "It does it with everybody. Everybody knows." Blah blah blah. So she gets mad, goes back to the hotel. Apparently, that the the kids were all staying at gets the pain pills that summer had picked up for her stepmom and mixes it with some alcohol ends up blacked out and you know in, in a suicide attempt in an alley in tijuana ryan res- rescues her end of episode or ryan finds her end of episode next episode of course you know she's in the hospital julie doesn't want mercy to see ryan anymore because of course it's ryan's fault not luke's fault that she committed suicide everything was great until Ryan showed up. Everything was great. She tries to make him stay away. Sandy starts his new job um, and spends a lot of time with uh, Rachel, his new co-worker, who's younger and attractive. And, and Kirsten is upset by this all, all the while holding in her secret about making out with Jimmy Cooper. Um, 
Narayan is supposed to be taking his placement test to try and get into Harbor because, of course, they have some serious concerns about his his history. His parents are complaining because he's, you know, a kid from Chino. Well, in the meantime, Julie goes behind Jimmy's back and it doesn't tell anybody, but gets her committed to a uh, in their inpatient therapy down in San Diego, California. Well, um, Summer finds Seth, who then goes and gets Ryan out of his very important placement test to get him to break uh, Marissa out of jail. Or <laughs> out of jail. Yeah, they broke him out of jail. But anyways, they broke her out of the hospital so her parents couldn't couldn't commit her anymore. And, and again, this is the first episode back from the break. Um, and they, uh, from the, the, you know, the extended break for September and August, basically for Fox baseball playoff coverage. Uh, not that they'll ever admit that. Um, but anyways, so they break her out, get her to her stepdad's a big blow up scene between, uh, Ryan and Julie Cooper, which will be a continuing theme for at least the whole first season. And, uh, get to agree to let her stay with her dad and do outpatient therapy. Then he goes and takes his placement test and scores really high and gets in, gets into Harbor. Uh, but of course he gets in and he doesn't feel like he belongs. And of course, Luke keeps, uh, still kind of this ongoing Luke, Ryan and Marissa, uh, love triangle. Although Luke is, is obviously out of the picture more so because of the, the cheating on, Marissa and of course Ryan has actually gone out with things, but they keep getting into squabbles. And I think this is the episode where he tries out for the soccer team and uh, then gets in trouble for playing rough because he sees Luke trying to apologize to Marissa and takes it all out of character because Marissa lied to him about it. Yada, 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 yada. typical teenage drama. Uh, Summer and Seth are kind of starting to, uh, hang out a lot, but she doesn't want to tell anybody. Uh, but Anna Stern returns now and is also really good friends with Seth. And of course, Summer's a little bit jealous of Anna because Anna likes comic books and Anna's smarter and she's just everything that, that Seth, she thinks Seth would like. And oh, it, that kind of starts that love triangle set up there. And of course, at his new job, like first real case Sandy gets is for the Balboa Heights Land Trust against of course, Caleb Nickel, his father-in-law, who wants to develop uh, property there. Uh, and then uh, that'll roll over into the next episode where, again, Crystal still Kristen, Kirsten is still really worried about all this time that Sandy's spending with Rachel working on these, this case, that they seem to be, be almost dating because San, Rachel's single. And, and, and you'll, you'll see throughout the first episode that the this first season is there's a lot of strain in the Sandy and Kirsten relationship. And that kind of continues through. It's really kind of interesting how they focus on that. And and then there'll also be some things that kind of tie up into season two that they really lay the groundwork for and season one really magically. So if you get a chance to ever watch this, pay attention to small details throughout this, this episodes, because you never know what's going to be important come 10 or 15, 20 episodes later. Uh, but anyways, so, you know, Ryan then sees Caleb and Julie making out and tells Marissa because he doesn't want her to find out. Uh, so they're doing, you know, so she finds out there's some love, uh, special love cruise giveaway. Uh, 
where at, at the end of this thing, and again, another fundraiser thing, there's always these fancy parties or fancy fundraisers almost all the time, um, which again, I can't see there being that much thing. So in something like this, a season that takes half a year, there's probably a 10, 14 party. Like that, that seems a little over the top for me. If there's anybody who grew up affluent and can say otherwise, again, would love to hear about it. They'll have to say, see some pictures and say, hey, yeah, no, we really do do ridiculous things like this every other week or every third week just to make ourselves feel better. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have that experience growing up. But anyways, so during that episode, while they're on the boat and it's supposed to be going, guess what? Sandy and Kirsten win the, the romantic getaway for two. But, of course, Sandy is getting there after it's already happened where Kirsten, Kirsten spent the whole episode and the whole party by herself. Because he was too busy working, too busy spending time with Rachel. Uh, Marissa gets angry and, you know, outs the uh, um, Julie and Caleb relationship. Because during this episode, of course, Julie is teasing uh, both Jimmy and Marissa about the potential of of getting back together and, and making the family whole. While the whole time she's just dating Caleb, trying to, to, to get his money uh, you'll see that that it, definitely through the first couple of seasons, and basically through the whole show, Julie Cooper is portrayed as a gold digger, and it's not necessarily a bad portrayal. Um, and then it, towards the end of the episode, uh, Summer was at this thing with somebody else. Uh, Seth was there with Anna, uh, but of course his friends, because him and Anna are friends at this point, but Anna likes him as more than friends. And that'll come into play here in another episode or two. And Summer kisses him is like, has this revelation. She likes Seth Cohen and she tells him and she tells him if he kill, tells anybody, she'll kill him. Uh, so that kind of ties in the next episode. We go uh, it's Thanksgiving episode at this point. Now, uh, Ryan gets a call from his brother, Trey in prison. Cause his brother was, you know, was a multi-time offender, has several years in prison uh, that he needs to visit him on Thanksgiving. Ryan's like, not a big deal. I can understand. Ryan goes to visit his brother and uh, Marissa stows away. Says, oh yeah, my mom knows. Mom didn't know. Uh, but anyways, his brother Trey needs him to steal a car to pay off a debt. Uh, this is where we first meet uh, what's her Vanessa and Eddie, who will again become more important characters later on but you know these are the you know childhood friends of ryan and his brother where they grew up down the street from them yada 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 uh they help ryan get this car back to the chop shop and uh, marissa follows him in the range rover even though he didn't know she followed him uh he told her to go home when she found out she lied to him and that julie didn't know she was with him but again during this episode uh now Seth and Anna has kicked up and both, so Seth and Anna are are now hanging out. Well, then Summer stops by by surprise. So he's got one Anna in the pool house, Summer in his bedroom. He keeps trying to bounce back and forth, back and forth. Uh and of course that blows up in his face when they both find out he's there. His dad has to talk to him about being fair to the girls and choosing one. Uh, of course, during this episode, uh, Kirsten and Seth try to set up Jimmy with uh, Rachel, and they kind of bond over a love of ESPN classics. And 
Julie and Caleb's caterer doesn't show up, gets into an accident, something, so they have to crash Thanksgiving. It just makes for a giant shit show. But again, just kind of this focus on adults where you see, you know, trying to set up Jimmy with with one of uh, Sandy's coworkers. Again, the, the adult relationships really play in into the show a lot, and they keep going. Then in the next episode, uh, Ryan and Luke now, who still aren't getting along all that well, but are starting, you know, they're not fighting anymore to say the least, uh, have a get put together as partners on a school project. Uh, while doing that, they go to uh, Luke's dad's car dealership where they see his dad making out with another dude and flip out. Uh, it turns out. And then the secret gets around school after, you know, Ryan told Marissa, turns into a blow up between Ryan and Marissa, except it wasn't Marissa who let everybody know, came out from the noopsies. Again, watch it. I'm not going to explain noopsies to you. They're basically the bored, lonely, rich housewives of Orange County. Um, and of course, you know, that actually becomes a bonding thing for him because he got, Ryan goes over to Luke and is there uh, for him and his brothers and his mom. While while his dad's moving out, and you know, it kind of becomes a turning point in their relationship. Now, mind you, this is twelve episodes in. These guys have gone from trying to kill each other to now suddenly some of the best friends they've got. Um, And of course, this is another episode where both Anna and Summer are now both mad at at, uh, Seth uh, for stringing them along. And so he's trying to make up his mind. You know, he's trying to get them to forgive him, but they won't forgive him. and we'll kind of leave that there. Uh, ultimately, they're going to force him to choose, but he doesn't choose. They choose in a way. And uh, Caleb and Julie break up during this episode, and Seth and Sandy decide to buy a restaurant uh, because, you know, Jimmy can't get no jobs in uh, – can't get – no. He can't get no jobs. Man, is that about one of the worst sentences I've ever put together. I love that phrase, can't get no, but no. Jimmy couldn't find a job in, in Orange County, California, was going to have to move away. Sandy hates his job, even though he's making a ton of money, so he decides to invest in a restaurant and make Jimmy the manager uh, during this episode after they drank a bunch, uh, which leads us into the, the Chrismica episode. Chrismica would be the combination of Christmas and Hanukkah because Seth is half christian half jewish so this is his way to to uh to uh bridge those two holidays into one it's also during this episode that after many many back and forth on the balboa land deal where they agree to pay a ridiculous sum to buy the land from the uh from caleb i I can't remember the name of the company i just really can't at this point you think i would i've watched it enough and it'll come to me at some point later that he finds out that oops, the land's built on a fault line and not suitable for building. So he holds that against them during some other party they're having for something and makes him seem like this really great guy. Cause he sells it to the Balboa land trust for $1 and he makes him, you know, basically sticks on that. Now this is the first episode where Marissa is finally forced to go to therapy and she meets this guy, Oliver. Oliver will become important later on, but that's basically how this episode ends is with her meeting Oliver. And this is when Anna and Summer are really kind of to the point of forcing Seth to choose between the two of them. Anna makes Seth a comic book. Summer dresses up as Wonder Woman. And, of course, 
Seth tries to give them both the exact honest same gift set, except both refuse it because he won't make a decision, so they both decide to leave him alone. So now, uh, Haley, Kirsten's sister, pops up in the next episode. We're now to, to episode 14, and we've got another new character, who, you know, and for those of you who don't know, Haley is a vagabond who just kind of disappears for years at a time after she comes, crashes, comes home, stays for a little bit, gets more daddy's money, and then disappears. Uh, but she comes home, throws a wild New Year's Eve rager uh, while Marissa and Anna and Summer are at a New Year's Eve party at Oliver's Penthouse at the Four Seasons because his parents own the hotels. Again, these rich kids and their, their first world problems really don't know how to uh, deal with it. Uh, but when we get out, get to the end of the episode, uh, Ryan has to turn the power off and have threatened to call the cops to get everybody out of the house because there's somebody there looking to, uh, looking for Haley cause she owes them money. She does that. Well then all of a sudden, uh, Ryan decides to go kiss Marissa before midnight. So he runs to the penthouse and gets there just before midnight kisses her. In the meantime, Anna kind of pushes Summer on some guy at the party, and she bails out and goes to the uh, Cohen residence and spends makes out with Seth at midnight. And Summer, after she finishes making out with some rando dude, says, you're not Seth Cohen. Uh, but at this point, then, I think we can roll into episode 15, where now Seth and Anna are dating. Haley has worn out her welcome at uh, to uh, has worn out her welcome because she's just sitting there not working, not doing anything, just you know, kind of being a pain in the butt by uh, eating all their food, kind of lounging around the house. Uh, but you know, so as Seth and, and Anna are starting to date, they don't know how to tell Summer. So she's kind of third-wheeling, but doesn't realize she's third-wheeling, and then does realize she's third-wheeling. Um, and they all get invited by Oliver to a uh, Rooney concert. Uh, I can't remember what brought that on, but anyways, while they're there, uh, you know, at first they go to the front door, and nobody's ever heard of Oliver Trask. Then they go... As they're getting ready to leave, you know, he doesn't answer their phone calls. Then they go to the back. He's like, I swore I told you guys the back. No, you never told us the back. But anyways, that gets them in. Then he disappears because Ryan and Marissa are are hanging out and having a good time. And, of course, his fictional girlfriend, Natalie, has broken up with him again. Uh, but he goes out and tries to buy cocaine and gets arrested by an undercover cop. Well, Ryan calls Sandy to help get him out of jail and he refuses to tell Marissa what happened, uh, but he makes Oliver tell her instead. So that's kind of where we're at there. And now we move into Olive. Oliver tries to invite Ryan and the gang down to play golf in uh, Palm Beach, Palm Springs, whatever it is in California. Uh, but of course, basically, he's he's trying to edge Ryan out the whole time and just spend time with Marissa. Uh, Seth and Anna are, are clearly starting to realize that, that Summer is jealous of their relationship, but they're kind of stuck with her at the same time because they promised to try and be friends. And 
and it's just really awkward for everybody. Uh, so basically Luke at this point is starting to get his antenna twitching about Oliver. Like Ryan is thinking he's trying to, to push, uh, Ryan out and trying to move in on his territory. Uh, because again, now everybody's kind of forgetting, forgiven and forgetting what happened early in the year. And now they're, uh, uh, friends, uh, except now Oliver's here to kind of, create a Oliver Marissa Ryan love triangle while we still have the Ryan summer or the summer Seth Anna one going on. And then this episode kind of ends with, uh, Kirsten convincing her dad to cut off his sister. So or her sister. So that way, you know, she can't just keep spending all his money. Oliver now in the next episode transfers, transfers to uh, Harbor uh, and Ryan tries breaking into his permit records to prove that this guy's dangerous to Marissa. In the meantime, he gets himself suspended for doing so. Then there's a fight uh, with him, with Oliver and Ryan, that leads to Ryan getting suspended, perm- you know, indefinitely. And then in this episode, Summer is is created is starting to date some dude named Danny, who's just really obnoxious but also makes seth realize that he probably likes summer more than anna and it leads to some very awkward scenes uh jimmy and and sandy officially sign the paperwork to buy the restaurant and start renovating the restaurant and then uh julie gets hired as an interior designer for their their the it's really going to bother me so I can think of the name of their company, but I can't buy Caleb to, to work there to redesign their, their model home. And it goes as a disaster according to Julie, cause she couldn't get everything she wanted, but it ended up being a less is more situation. Now Luke is, uh, keeping an eye on Oliver even more since Ryan's suspended. Marissa refuses to see what Luke and Oliver's, you know, Luke and Ryan see that Oliver is dangerous and trying to date her. She refuses to see it. Oh no. He's just, you know, getting over his girlfriend, Natalie, uh, Seth has Anna and Summer over for dinner and basically ignores Anna while Summer is there. Uh, Sandy calls Seth out for this and says, look, you need, it's not fair to, to that poor girl for you to be flirting with another girl in front of her. Like, I didn't raise you like that. You need to be better. If you're going to break up with her, break up with her. It's okay. Um, and then, you know, Caleb has Kirsten break up with Julie for him. Again, kind of the, the, that focus on adults is very interesting to me. Uh, again, the concept of this wealthy man being so afraid to break up with, with a, a girl, because the whole juxtaposition is that he just never breaks up with anybody. He just doesn't talk to them ever again uh, is kind of his modus operandi. But since it's somebody who's kind of working for him, she's got, he's got to make it seem like they're, uh, going through it. And then this episode kind of ends at a very big crescendo, uh, with Marissa being held hostage by, uh, Oh, I really forgot this, that, that Oliver, when they left Palm Springs, Oliver went back to his hotel. Cause he then had to leave and faked a suicide attempt to get Marissa to spend time with him. Can't believe I forgot that scene, but now we're getting to, to the end of this episode where Oliver is going to hold Marissa hostage with a gun 
and uh, Ryan comes over with security and Sandy because he listens to Sandy and doesn't have any more interactions uh, with Oliver without him present because uh, he was basically threatened to be throw him back in juvenile hall because he'd violate his probation. Um, and lo and behold, he's there holding her hostage and he gets him to put down the gun. Uh, Ryan gets Oliver to put down the gun and not kill himself. They get Marissa out. And uh, suddenly, lo and behold, everything that Ryan was suspended for just disappears. Like next episode, he goes back to school. He didn't break into the school and steal files from the file. I don't care if the kid did end up being a lunatic. Like that stuff doesn't just disappear. But again, I, I guess the, the theory should be that he served as punishment. And now that Oliver's gone, there shouldn't be as much problems because obviously he was right. Oliver was a lunatic. And of course, Marissa wants everything to go back to being normal. Uh, in the meantime, Ryan is in a very bad spot uh, with Marissa because he just feels like she didn't trust him. So why should he trust her? And now Vanessa moves to Newport for a little bit for some catering jobs. And Ryan's spending time, or Teresa, not Vanessa. I don't, Vanessa's from Gossip Girl. <laughs> Teresa was Ryan's neighbor in uh, Chino. And she moves to town, you know, his, his childhood girlfriend, I guess. And then in the meantime, Jimmy starts dating Haley, which is Kirsten's sister. Again, kind of these weird adult focuses where you have a lot of, a lot of, of drama surrounding the adults because he has to keep that a secret from Kirsten and Sandy because kind of weird if he's dating his business partner and his ex-girlfriend's kid sister. Um, and then in the same episode, Luke, Marissa's ex-boyfriend, who is a 16-year-old in high school, now starts sleeping with Julie Cooper, which is Marissa's mom. And Seth and Summer finally become a couple. And, and in this episode, that kind of hits the high points there. I really am closing in on an hour. I didn't really think this was going to take me this long to do, uh, but I'm going to try. Uh, but in the next episode, Ryan finds out that Teresa's in Newport because Eddie has started hitting her uh, when he gets stressed out from work. Summer refuses to, to be public with her relationship with, with Seth. Um, and then Seth turns to Anna for support and understanding. Or, no, I tell you that back. Summer goes to Anna because she can sense that Seth's not happy. Summer learns from Anna that she just needs to 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 either be public with it or understand that it's not fair to Seth to 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 um be a private boyfriend per se. Anyways, uh, I can't believe I got lost on that one there for a second. In this episode, by the end, at some school party carnival thing i don't remember maybe the coffee cart seth gets up on and professes his love for summer and tells her oh kissing booth that's right the kissing booth she has ten dollars per thing to kiss other guys in public and then he throws a hissy fit about her not being public uh, not wanting to be public with their displays so he you know he stand here and kiss me now or lose me forever big sweeping declaration uh caleb's business one of his business partners gets caught breaking into a hotel room of, of a competitor and uh, Sandy has to help uh, straighten that out because uh, otherwise, of course, his wife, Kirsten, will be in, you know, implicated because the business is dirty. Uh, this is an ongoing theme and uh, Caleb uses it well to manipulate Sandy. Uh, and Julie starts to suspect Luke and Julie are having a relationship 
uh, because they start to be a little too obvious with it at times in public. And we move on to episode 21 where Anna decides to move back to Pittsburgh because uh, she had a good visit with her aunt over spring break and realized how much she misses uh, misses Pittsburgh, how much she misses just the old familiar things. Uh, more of the Caleb and his business associate uh, thing where Sandy has to essentially ob- obstruct justice and you know the DA tells him if he finds out he obstructs justice, he's putting him in jail. To, to make that legal problem go away so his wife doesn't get in trouble. Uh, Luke and Julie are now using secret hotels, uh, but um, to have their torrid affair. And now Eddie comes to one of the parties uh, and beats up uh, Ryan and knocks him into the pool with Anna's goodbye letter to Seth in it. So, she, so Seth can't read it, and then it leads to him chasing her down in the airport telling her not to go because it's you know he doesn't have any friends and he doesn't want to lose his only friend blah 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 he feels responsible for her leaving because he thinks you know the way he treated her played a part in that and and etc etc so anna goes away but she'll come back in a couple seasons i don't worry there's almost nobody who ever is in this show who doesn't come back at some, again, that was an interesting, there was always this interesting moving pieces and moving parts where nobody was ever gone forever. I shouldn't say nobody was ever gone for, but like people would come and then they'd go and they'd come and they'd go. And it was really interesting use of characters to, to not let them get so stale by being around forever. So anyways, uh, skip ahead to the next episode where, Marissa and Summer meet one of the dudes from The Valley, some fictional TV show. That's a huge hit. And they get invited down to the dude's birthday party in L.A. um, Where Ryan and Seth tag along. Uh, Summer spends most of the episode hanging out with the dude from The Valley. Uh, Seth gets to take a selfie with uh, Paris Hilton. She makes a rare, you know, makes a cameo. Uh, And lo and behold, guess what? Uh... Uh, Kirsten's sister Haley so Aunt Haley to Seth and Ryan is working as a stripper at the party they're at uh, Jimmy comes down to help rescue them where Sa- Sandy and pause so we're going to come back to, to Haley being a stripper in the meantime Jimmy and Sandy needed uh, some business help they had ran out of capital they approached Caleb to be a third silent investor uh, have some of uh, the high influence people over to uh, Sandy's house to taste test the menu, to write some glowing articles about the new restaurant. The cook does an amazing job. Then, you know, Caleb wants to know where Jimmy disappears. Well, me, needless to say, the kids had obviously called Sandy. Let him know that Haley was working at a stripper. Jimmy went down to meet up with the kids to bring her home. Uh, and then before the episode's all done, uh, Ryan uh, has to go pick up all is has to go pick up a watch with Seth from the hotel because now Teresa has disappeared uh, on Ryan after Ryan and Teresa have a like one off love affair and as he's going to pick up his watch from the hotel he sees Luke and Julie and finds out about their uh, affair and is working with Luke to keep it a secret but he tells Luke look you need to end it. And uh, need to end it soon. Um, but I'm trying to think. Of... Oh, and then that episode ends with one of those just most amazing finishes. 
that's a show just loves loved 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 the high point drama finish. So this one ends with uh, Luke coming to see uh, Ryan in the pool house. And he says, "Look, I'm done having sex with Julia Cooper." And, and Ryan, you know, the whole time trying to tell him, "Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything." Hey, Luke, dense water polo jock player. Uh, didn't get it and uh, says it anyways. And lo and behold, Marissa walks out of the bathroom at this point and then disappears. Skip ahead to episode 23, where we get the one appearance in the entire season of Sandy's mother, the Nana, who's supposed to be this evil character, but comes in and is all lovey dovey and has everybody confused. Uh, Marissa has now run away. Uh, absolutely mad that, uh, Julie has been having an affair with her ex-boyfriend refuses to talk to anybody. Won't answer any phone calls. Uh, but she runs away to Chino, which is basically the one place where uh, Ryan can find her. Uh, the only po- where Ryan is the only person who can find her because he goes to Teresa and Eddie's house. Summer works real hard to study the Torah for the uh, big dinner. I'm terrible at Jewish holidays. I won't pretend to care. Jimmy and Haley are now a little more public with their romance, but not completely. I think this is the episode where it gets outed, though, where they find out. Um, and anyways, so Ryan goes down to Chino to retrieve Marissa. It just happens to be the date of Eddie and Teresa's engagement party because Eddie and Teresa had reconciled after, uh, Teresa realized that, that Ryan needed to be in Newport, didn't need to come back to Chino to be her boyfriend slash protector slash everything. Um, so I take that back. This the earlier wasn't the domestic violence issues. The domestic violence issues with Teresa will come sooner. Come come here in another episode or two. Uh, but anyways, at first, Eddie's really bad. And then he's like, you know what? Started to think about it. Uh, I'm really sorry. Glad you stayed. Because, uh, you know, with your brother Trey and, and my brother Arturo in jail, it's really down to just me and you from the old gang. You know, I thought you were here for Teresa. It turns out you were here for Marissa. I was just really angry. I'm glad you glad you're here. I, I should have invited you. So then we skip ahead to the next episode because Marissa's now home. Luke keeps trying to apologize, uh, but then after Luke gets drunk at a party and drives and gets into a near fatal accident, she listens to his apology. Um, and then the other big thing, there's two other big things happen in this one. Uh, they are uh, the restaurant is blocked from getting a liquor license because the guy on the liquor board was one of the people that Jimmy. Uh, ripped off uh and caleb's supposed to help but is of no help uh put a pin in that that'll be important in another episode or two and then the episode ends with caleb proposing to julie and her accepting so now they're going to skip ahead to the next episode which is the bachelor party and a uh, wedding shower uh Teresa also calls sandy to let her know that eddie has hit her and then he is able to discover it's not the first time tries not to tell Ryan, but Ryan finds out anyways. Uh, and of course Ryan's initial thought is to run and beat up Eddie. And then luckily Sandy is able to get through to Ryan and he instead has Teresa come stay with them for a little bit while they figure all of that out. Haley and Jimmy are still dating secretly. And okay. So this is the episode where it comes out. And then Seth and Summer. Okay, so this is just the wedding shower with the crazy aunt, not the thing. But Summer has Seth meet her dad, Seth being Seth. Seth's all over it, and it's just nerdy and geeky and awkward, and it goes really bad. And, of course, Summer then starts to think, 
think she needs to rethink the entire relationship because that you know her her and her dad have such an amazing relationship that if it doesn't it uh that if he doesn't approve of who she's dating then it's really not meant you know really shouldn't be down to two episodes to go here we're to episode 26 we're at an hour three way longer than i thought this was going to take uh but if you really listened through this and enjoyed uh, i i applaud every minute of it you listening to me kind of give you a recap of every episode where i ramble and ramble anyways the boys go to the, the vegas for the, the bachelor party they think uh but it turns out that actually what's going on is that uh sandy learned that caleb is trying to sell the restaurant after well okay back up again so once they can't get the liquor license caleb buys the restaurant for about double what jimmy and uh sandy put into it so they both walk off with a nice payday but turns out that there was another land developer looking to redevelop that whole strip of oceanfront uh but the only piece of property he didn't have was the lighthouse well we find out that then uh Caleb's going to turn around and sell that for about 10 times what he paid those guys for it and his partners for for the restaurant. And, uh, of course, Sandy now breaks into the secret meeting and threatens to sue Caleb for this, 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 this. And then Caleb's like, well, I had to do this because the commercial real estate development aspect of my company is bankrupting us. That the only profitable part is the residential development that your wife runs. And... That's kind of the adult side of things uh, on that. Then we can go back to uh, the kids tagging along to the bachelor party in Vegas. Um, So they're trying to make some money for Teresa to get a uh, trip to Atlanta so she can get away from Eddie, uh, who's abusing her, uh, because she's going to go stay with an aunt there. So they... uh, so they uh, play in a secret poker game. They uh, win a bunch of money early, except the girl that Seth has been hanging out with and making out with turns out to be a prostitute who they invited her and all her friends up to the uh, penthouse suite that they were staying in. And, of course, they, now they have to go back and play poker to uh, pay off the debt. And, of course, Ryan loses a bunch of money first to the same people he just l- took for a bunch of money borrows money from the hooker to to win enough to pay them off and then uh before the episode ends marissa and Teresa go out for a girls night who you know had been rivals before because of the ryan love triangle involving them three well needless to say she can't drink she can't eat sushi turns out uh, Teresa confides in marissa that she might be pregnant um and then this leads us to the the last episode uh where it's supposed to be Caleb and Julie's wedding day. Uh, part of the deal that Caleb had cut with uh, Jimmy for uh, buying the restaurant at such an exorbitant price was that Marissa would move in with Caleb and Julie because Julie wanted her back in the house. Uh, Teresa is scheduled to go get an abortion, and Kirsten goes to take her goes with her because she. She admits that she had had an abortion at one point and that it was a very tough decision and didn't want her to do uh, to go with that. Wedding actually goes off without a hitch. Uh, but again, that's just kind of going to highlight the adult focus of things. And then uh, Ryan, at the end of the episode, 
Uh, Ryan decides to move back to Chino with Teresa to help her raise the kid, even though he's not sure it's his. Might be his, might be Eddie's. They don't know, but he's just going to, again, at 16, run off with her and help her raise the kid. And Seth decides to run away from home and sails off to Seattle. I'll leave that, put a pin in that, because that will be when I start my season two review. Uh, but anyway, so so I'm going to kind of back up because I kind of went episode by episode, and now I want to just follow some of the character arcs. So you have Ryan, who's this absolute car thief, gets into to fights with the water polo team in his first episodes. Second episode starts a house fire, uh, you know, gets uh, gets involved in a. I'm drawing a bl- I, I'm really, really hitting some misses here. So, anyways, Ryan is the brother of a car thief who was there, so he kind of has this negative connotation coming in. Second episode, he catches a car house, you know, model home on fire. Then his mom, the drunk, shows up, ends up abandoned, kind of ends up being this outsider who then, you know, hangs out with a guy who gets the captain of the water polo team shot. And then by like six episodes later, him and the Captain of the water polo team, after the, all these fights and all this infighting over over Marissa because of their love triangle, now end up being like BFFs because he finds out about his dad being gay, gay and, and is there for, for the captain of the water polo team. Uh, then he's dating, ends up dating Marissa. Then Marissa ends being this crazy dude, Oliver. Well, while that's going on, then Ryan's breaking into the school to steal school records, getting into fights with Oliver and, and just absolutely goes off the, the deep end again. Then lo and behold, Oliver is really the crazy one after he has everybody thinking Ryan's the crazy one. Cause it turns out he made up a fake girlfriend and kidnaps, uh, Marissa at gunpoint, except he says he's not holding her hostage with that. He says, no, the guns for him. If she leaves, he'll kill himself. Uh, so it turns out Ryan was right and saves her. But then right after that, he hooks up with his ex-girlfriend from Chino, who then ends up pregnant. But it might be his, might be Eddie's. But then there's this love triangle between him and Eddie and Teresa. And then Teresa goes back and then to Chino. Then Eddie hits her. Then she comes back to uh, Newport. Uh, and, and again, this is all within one school year. This is in one season of the show. Then Ryan goes back to Chino at the end of the first season with uh, Teresa to help raise the kid uh, with her. Uh, meantime, now you have Seth, the, the sidekick, who who is outside loner. Nobody will talk to him. First couple episodes. Then he meets Anna when we go to the cotillion. He's been talking to Summer a little bit, but Summer's just basically been pushing him off because he's this nerdy, geeky kid. Well, now... You know, Anna helps him with with Summer, but then Anna ends up interested in him. They end up dating. Well, he ends up kind of dating both at the same time. Then he ends up dating Anna after he chooses Anna, or Anna chooses him more appropriately. Then he goes back and starts flirting with Summer, breaks up with Anna. Anna moves away, and he's with Summer. And that actually stays pretty strong all the way through the end of the first season. They just kind of stuck with the Ryan, Marissa, Teresa love triangle. Then you have the whole Jimmy Cooper character arc where he's the the rich golden boy investment baker of Orange County. Uh, turns out that he's stealing and he's embezzling from all his clients and they're all broke. Uh, and he's facing SEC charges, but Sandy cuts him an amazing plea deal where he repays the $4 million he's stolen and ends up on probation and, and loses his uh, license. Uh, 
kind of bums around for a little bit, then can't find a job, is going to move to Phoenix. But Sandy, meantime, changed jobs from public defender to corporate lawyer that he absolutely hates. And so he decides to invest in a restaurant with Jimmy. Uh, in the meantime, while they're remodeling the restaurant, they run out of money, bring Caleb in as a partner. Uh, then Caleb buys them out when they can't get a liquor license, which is suspicious because Caleb's the most influential man in Newport. Oh, wait, he didn't get them the liquor license because he really wanted the property for himself so he could sell it for an even bigger profit to another developer who owned the rest of the property. And lo and behold, voila, uh, that's the character arc. And like I said, you just have the, the, the Jimmy Julie Cooper, the Julie Cooper Caleb, Jimmy Julie Cooper, Luke, Julie Cooper, Caleb get married again. You have, you know, Jimmy Cooper then dating Rachel once or twice. Then he dates Kirsten, his ex-girlfriend's baby sister. You have, you know, relationships between Sandy Cohen and Kirsten Cohen at points in time as his first relationship. I mean, that first season goes really hard. Plus, again, this is ignoring Luke's gay dad storyline in there in like 2003, 2004. Like this first season went hard in the paint. We had alcoholic mothers, infidelity everywhere. We had love triangles about it. We had love of probably octagons by the time if you really draw the, the, the diagrams out because it was so just absolutely twisted and weird. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to going to finish this first episode of the Don't Worry Nobody's Listening podcast that I just spent talking basically a whole hour about the OC, a television show that's 15 years old, 14 years old and nobody watched back then, and I'm sure people my age now really don't listen to podcasts looking to hear a summary of a 14-year-old television show. But there it is. That's what I'm going to talk about episode 1. How hard in the paint season 1 OC went. Uh, so again, my name's Jason Benicki Critchlow. You can find me on Twitter at J A S O N B A N I C K I. Uh, subscribe to the podcast rate review. We'll be on iTunes. Uh, it'll be on Podbean. It'll be on my Facebook page, uh, which I'm not giving out. It'll be on my Twitter feed though. You can follow me there. Uh, like I said, I'll create a Facebook page for the, uh, podcast here very shortly, uh, and, and publish that. It'll be don't worry, nobody's listening podcast uh, on Facebook. Uh, but share it out with people. But again, if you don't, I'm not going to be upset because at the end of the day, don't worry, nobody's listening. <laughs>